Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. The music of my next guest on Open House is well known in lots of churches around Australia, indeed the world. Rob Smith, who's penned songs like Thanksgiving, Worthy of All Praise, New Song in My Heart and many others, is celebrating two and a half decades in a rich and varied musical career, including a secret identity he assumes from time to time, which I will reveal here on Open House. Rob's a singer, songwriter, producer and session musician, and I'm so pleased he joins us now for a chat and a bit of music just for Open House. Rob, welcome. Thank you, Lee. Great to be here. Great to have you with us. I think you're actually one of the great encouragements to parents who send their kids off to music lessons and endlessly nag them to practice. Tell us about your early music life. Well, uh, my uh, father and his father before him were very musical, and uh, he played the piano, my dad, and uh, we had piano lessons as children. I wasn't particularly interested in the lessons or the practice, uh, although I think I had some sort of innate musicality. Um, but it wasn't long before I convinced my parents to stop teaching me the piano and, uh, in fact, to let me learn the drums. Yeah. And so I had some drum lessons um, yeah, when I was probably about eight, eight years old. Perhaps. So piano at six, drums at eight. Yes. And guitar at nine, but guitar. not many lessons there. No, well, there was a teacher in a local church where we were living and uh, he was offering, I think, free lessons. So I went along for six weeks and then he announced he was moving to Perth and that was it. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I better just keep going from here. And, uh, and as, you did. And I did, and as do many guitarists. I think many guitarists are, are self-taught. that It's just a matter of experimentation, learning from other people, yeah. um, you know, watching. and Because you've grown up to be quite an accomplished guitarist. Well, that, yeah, that's, probably my, that's certainly my main yeah. instrument. Well, there's hope for lots of, them, lots of those kids. Why music and not anything else? What was it that grabbed you about music as a kid? Well, like most kids, I loved sport, and I was uh, you know, a rabid footballer. I used to play uh, rugby union at school and then rugby league on the weekends. And uh, so that went alongside the music, but I realised in my teens, uh, you know, sort of spraining thumbs and, and damaging uh, <laughs> arms and fingers, and that uh, the two weren't brilliantly compatible. And um, Music didn't hurt as much. Music didn't hurt as much, and, and really it was my first love. I think that was the thing that became clear to me, and it was easy to sacrifice the rugby yeah. uh, in order to keep playing the music. Okay, so lots of people do the garage band thing or do music at school. What took you beyond that so that you then, as an adult, took it more seriously? Well, I, I formed a band when I was uh, in about year eight of high school. Uh, just a number of other guys in my year. We, we basically formed a band with two guitars, bass, and drums, and another guy in the year was a, a bit of a showman and a singer, and uh, so we used to sort of entertain the, the school at various school concerts and started doing gigs around the place. And, um, well, over time we changed our names numerous times, like any sort of classic rock band story. Yes. Uh, but uh, we uh, came to be called The Affections, and I think when we were about in year 10 or 11, uh, we competed in the what was called then the Hoadley's Battle of the Bands. I remember the Hoadley's Battle of the Bands. Right, there you I'm honoured to speak to someone who was a finalist in the Hoadley's Battle of the Bands. Well, we uh, I think we won our heat, and then went on to the state and came third in the state, and then went to the nationals and didn't come anywhere. But uh, how intoxicating! It that. was terrific fun yeah. and great experience. And out of it, we got a lot of uh, interest from uh, various uh, record labels, and eventually. Um, uh, signed with a, a label called Deluxe Records and uh, had a single out which didn't come out till we left school. Uh, what was that 
experience teaching you about music and life along the way? Well, it certainly, uh, I suppose, uh, introduced me to a whole sort of world of, well, the whole music industry and people who, who had made music their life. Um, and uh, I guess I learned good and bad lessons about how to, <laughs> how to do that um, and realised that for many people, music really was their god. It was their idol and it was the thing that controlled them and drove them. And um, I guess that was something I myself wrestled with for a number of years. And uh, it really wasn't until I, I sort of gave my life to Christ in a, in a, well, a, a more adult way that, uh, uh, that I started to sort those issues out. That came in 1983. Tell us the story of how that happened. Well, in 1983, I'd been living uh, out of home and out of the state. In fact, I was living down in Hobart. Uh, the band I was in was basically writing and touring around Tasmania uh, for that year. Well, a number of things happened around that time that, that opened my eyes to um, my need for God. Well, first of all, I had all my instruments stolen. That was one thing. Um, oh. And so suddenly a guitarist was without his guitars. Um, but then uh, after buying some more guitars, I uh, then lost my voice and had to stop singing for about six months. And those two things, uh, whilst they didn't stop me making music and, and put a halt to my music career... Uh, just gave me some space to reassess, uh, was music a God worth serving? And uh, I looked at some of my idols and uh, some of the people I'd known in the music industry and some of the people who'd taken their lives or lost their lives through drug overdose and, and, and some of the people who were sort of ahead on the path, where the path I was on and hoping to get where they were and realised they were miserable, uh, that, that, that music held out great promise for them but it wasn't delivering a lot at, at the level of personal fulfillment and, and meaning and, and so on. Was there a defining moment for you? The when defining moment was when I, w I went back to church one morning. Um, my dad was going down to St Barnabas Broadway in Sydney uh, to hear an African preacher named Festo Cavendry. And uh, he was um, well, just preaching on the love of God and the power of the cross. Uh, Calvary love was his uh, great uh, refrain I remember hearing that morning. Now, I'd heard all of these stories as a child and, and, and believed them as a child and never really denied them, although I'd, I think I just sought to live uh, apart from them as a teenager. And when I heard Festo Cavendry that morning, I suddenly thought, gosh, what a fool I've been. He here is life. Here is what everything's all about. Here is the meaning and the fulfillment and the security and the satisfaction and the forgiveness uh, and the truth that I was, I guess, trying to get out of music and... Surprise, surprise, music wasn't really delivering it. But it didn't turn you off music? No, it didn't turn me off music. Oh. It, in fact, helped me to see music as one of God's great gifts, uh, and I just needed to learn how to use it for his glory rather than trying to use it as a substitute for him. Talk to me about the role that you see music playing in Christian faith and in the lives of people to connect them to God. Well, historically, uh, music has always been a part of uh, Christian expression, um, but that's not just accidental. You don't have to read very far into the Bible to see that when people experience God's salvation, they're filled with joy, and when they're filled with joy, guess what? Yes. They, they sing. They yeah, sing. Yeah. They sing. They make music, um, and uh, that we see that you know from Exodus on uh, in the Scriptures. It's just a common link, and so it's really no surprise that God's people sing. Uh, as they come to know the God's love and his forgiveness and the release and the freedom that that brings, 
uh, they want to sing. Now, that doesn't mean we always and only ever sing when we're joyful, because uh, we also see in Scripture that we can sing in times of despair and times of doubt. And so there is a place, both in Scripture and in life, for lament, uh, you know, singing sad songs and um, expressing our pain and anguish to God in song. It's a good balance to an easy trap to fall into to just see Christian faith as a cerebral thing. Well, absolutely, and and there's certainly a lot of uh, ideas that we need to understand in the Christian life. I mean, the scriptures are, are full of truth and uh, and proposition and things that we need to grapple with with our minds, and we grow as our minds are fed and shaped and, and brought into align with the, the will and knowledge of God. Um, but that needs to work itself out, not only in our behavior, but also in our emotional life and our attitudes and so on. And singing plays a great uh, integrating role there, I think, it helps to, you know, the popular way people put it is join up head and heart. Obviously, that's not a particularly profound biological or even <laughs> theological way of putting it, but it, it does, it integrates uh, our cognitive sort of self with our emotive self. And that's a very important and very powerful function of music. And those two roles are not mutually exclusive because music, as well as the delight of music, can be a good teacher with the words. Absolutely. I mean, not only do we remember what we sing, but the very fact that we're singing the truth helps that truth to do something in us and to us. Uh, I'm, I'm no expert in this area, but uh, I'm aware that recent sort of neuroimaging studies have sort of revealed the parts of the brain that get activated when you sing. Yeah. Uh, and not just when you sing on your own, but when you sing with other people. Additional parts of the brain light up when you sing with others. So there are things happening to us just as human beings when we sing anything, but when we sing God's word, boy... That's a powerful combination. And it's so enduring. It struck me recently that for all the upheavals and all the huge change that we're going through in our society, so many things disappearing and appearing, nobody ever says, oh, we might never have music again. That's just a given. It is a given. I hope it always says <laughs> Same here. Say it that way. Yeah. yeah. So to celebrate this two and a half decades of music, and uh, you've seen lots of music and musos. No mean feat, I must say. You've got this special night planned next Saturday night. Tell us about that. Yes, well, uh, it really is a, a celebration event. Um, some months ago, a number of friends came to me and they said, look, we've been talking and we've all had the same idea that you should put on a night and lead us in singing some of the songs you've written uh, for God's people to sing and tell us why you wrote them and some of the stories behind them and how you think about singing, why it matters, why it's important. And uh, teach us some new ones and, and just... Give us a great night. And I said, well, I'd love to do that, but I'd like some help and some friends. <laughs> and they said, well, we'll organize it. And uh, I've invited a number of friends to join me both in the band and as sort of uh, guest artists in the night to sing songs that either we've written together or uh, other songs that they've written as well. The purpose of the night? The purpose of the night is really just to inspire God's people and to help them just get comfortable with singing God's praises for an extended period of time together. Uh, and really just to through that means to enjoy and um, relish the grace and kindness and goodness of God in Christ. And it's in St Barnabas Broadway. St Barnabas Broadway, and yes. you have a very it, special place in your heart. It does place. indeed. Well, it was the place, as I mentioned, where I, you know, I came back to the Lord uh, as a 20-year-old, and uh, it was a place where I was married as well. And uh, I've had many friends who've been part of Barney's over the years as well as being uh, on the staff there for a time myself. And so uh, they lost their building, as you might remember, a number of years yes. ago in a fire, and the new building is now open. 
and it's got a beautiful sound system and it's a lovely venue for this sort of occasion and so it seemed to be a perfect fit for the night. Okay, before we go, we'll just let people know uh, where you get the tickets. It's halotickets.com.au. That's where they are available. That's right. You, you should be able to get some on the night as well, assuming they're not all sold out. <laughs> now to this secret identity that you are known to take on, and I only know this because I've actually seen it and I've loved it with my own eyes and ears. Tell us about the Beatniks. Well, I've been playing with the Beatniks um, so on and off for about five years or so now. The Beatniks have been going for about 30 years, I think. Uh, but about five years, the manager made contact with me and said, uh, I hear you could be Paul McCartney. And uh, I said, uh, well, I said, uh, I can certainly sing a lot of Paul songs and love playing the bass. I'm not left-handed, though. And he said, that's okay. We've had right-handed Pauls before. Yeah. And, uh, so this is a Beatles tribute band. It's a Beatles tribute band. And I band. must say, it's a fine Beatles tribute band. This is no amateur hour. Well, they're, they're great musicians who are, sure are involved in it. And uh, there are a number of us who can play each of the roles. And I've even played some of the other roles as well. So, um, And I share the McCartney role with uh, another guy. And uh, so that, again, just shares the load of the work. Uh, he is a left-hander, um, but I'm the right-handed Paul. So we, uh, we sort of flip back and forth. I'm so impressed. It's, it must be such a joy for you to do. It's, abs- it's the best, well, in some ways the best fun I, I've ever had, sort of certainly playing secular music. Um, partly because you get to play a role as well as playing great music, you know, putting on the wig, putting on the accent. It's not you. Uh, no, yeah, I don't have to be me. And, uh, and that there's a, a certain liberty in that. You, yeah. you can, uh, yeah, I suppose, it's, I, never be, having been an actor of any kind, I guess it's something that actors know only too well. What a treat. It's a very funny business for you to be in because you're a shy, retiring kind of bloke. Well, I am. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not a natural extrovert and it doesn't come easily for me to sort of put myself out there. Uh, I mean, I do it and, and since my job requires me to do it all the time. Um, but I guess like most introverts, that sort of, uh, that drains the batteries rather than charges up the batteries. Um, but boy, I have great fun with the beatniks. It's a, a delight. I bet. And I'm sure next Saturday will be great fun as well as you celebrate your decades of music. So congratulations. And you are gracious enough to leave us with a bit of your own music just for open house tonight. What is it? Absolutely. Well, I, I thought I'd sing you the song that uh, really is, uh, I guess, given us the, the title for next Saturday night, New Song in My Heart. Uh, it's a song I wrote uh, a number of years ago uh, when a friend of mine was dying of cancer and we'd shared a, a wonderful afternoon of prayer and confession and, and discussion together and uh, it was very moving. I came home from that time and just walked in the front door, sat down at the piano and wrote this song in about as many minutes as it takes to sing it, uh, which is rare. Yes, uh, yes. But uh, this, that's the song I thought we'd... Uh, well, give as a title for our night, and that's a song I'll sing for you now. What a special story. New song in my heart with Rob Smith. Put a new song in my heart Let me hear the praises start Dispel the night and give me light again. Put a new thought in my mind. Help me leave the past behind and 
break these chains that I might live again. Lift my fallen face and help me to stand. Flood me with the grace that comes from Your hand. Cleanse me from my sin. Lord, forgive me again, that I might be yours alone. Put a new fire in my soul. Make this wounded spirit whole, and help me see. That I am free again. Let these broken bones rise up and rejoice. Bring this captive home and lift up my voice. Help my spirit sing now to Jesus, my King. For He has forgiven me. Lift my fallen face and help me to stand. Flood me with the grace that comes from Your hand. Cleanse me from my sin. Lord, forgive me again, that I might be Yours alone. We hope you enjoyed this open house podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.